Good morning. It's Monday, June 7th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shemitha Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Kamala Harris is on her first international trip as vice president. She's spending time in Guatemala and Mexico, and she's stepping right into a storm of several humanitarian crises that are all driving migration to the U.S. border. While she's there, she'll be talking about what can be done about smuggling and corruption. Politico looks at the challenges she faces. When the vice president was first assigned to figure out how to stem the thousands of migrants coming from Central America and Mexico, there was a sense that the task was too broad to be fixed by any one person. Politico is also saying, right after the vice president got this assignment, Republicans immediately used her appointment as a way to focus blame on her for an issue that's challenged several presidential administrations in the past. So, with that in mind, when it comes to immigration policy, this trip is almost like a reset for Harris's role. The LA Times explains what Harris is expected to accomplish while she's abroad. There are face-to-face meetings with the presidents of Guatemala and Mexico. But what's also worth noting is what's not on her agenda. She's not going to El Salvador or Honduras two out of the three Northern Triangle countries. Those are noticeable absences. El Salvador's president, he has an authoritarian track record. The president of Honduras came up in a U.S. trial that saw his brother go to prison on drug trafficking charges. And another item that's not on the agenda, a visit to the U.S.-Mexico border. Republicans and some Democrats are criticizing that decision, and they're saying it's impossible to address the entire situation without setting foot along the border during this trip. The LA Times calls this Harris's most high-profile assignment so far. This trip is a chance for her to show how she handles foreign policy, an area where she doesn't have a lot of direct experience. So according to one estimate... The U.S. housing market is nearly 4 million homes short of what's needed to meet demand right now. And so-called whisper listings might be making this problem even worse. The Wall Street Journal explains how this controversial practice works. See, usually a real estate agent will put up a home for sale on a local database. But with whisper listings, the agent will not list the home. They'll just show a property to an exclusive group of potential buyers. They essentially bypass the public market. And this squeezes supply even tighter when housing inventory is already near record lows. Whisper listings are also called pocket listings, and they've existed for years. But the Wall Street Journal is pointing out there's data that shows these listings are on the rise right now. According to real estate brokerage Redfin, pocket listings recently accounted for 3% of sales. That's a sharp increase from the year earlier. It makes up roughly 169,000 homes per year. Whisper listings have typically been used for super high-end properties. It's the kind of thing that movie stars or celebrities might do to maintain privacy. But Redfin's analysis shows they're becoming more and more widespread. This type of private sale can make a deal go through much more quickly. And during the pandemic, whisper listings appeal to people who might be worried about letting a lot of strangers into their home. Redfin CEO says he told agents to stop using whisper listings. He says he came across some sociology research that shows the potential for racial bias when listings are not fully made public. 
and it really influenced him. White agents, apparently, are less likely to show people of color whisper listings. This practice may not always be in the best interest of the sellers, either. When listings are shown only to an exclusive group, that means fewer potential bidders. One analysis showed properties that weren't listed on the database sold for as much as 20% less than those that were. When it comes to drinking alcohol, America is a country of extremes. Throughout history, the nation swung from overindulgence to hypertemperance and then back again. But as we emerge from the pandemic, Americans may be approaching an inflection point. It's not so much about how much we're drinking. It's how we're drinking. We may be entering a period where more people are drinking alcohol alone with dangerous social and health consequences. That's how Kate Julian frames it in a recent Atlantic article. Now, this is not the typical people drank more during the pandemic piece or a wagging finger, you know, drink less. No, Julian takes us through research and history that shows drinking in moderation has been shown to boost creativity and build social ties. But that's when drinking happens in groups. At times, American drinking has become more of a solitary activity. And that happened during the Industrial Revolution in America and... During the pandemic, when we were all trapped inside, it seems to have happened again. The Atlantic points to Italy as a place where drinking is commonplace, but alcoholism is low. And one of the big differences seems to be that Italians tend to drink in small quantities, almost entirely over meals with other people. Drinking alone is discouraged. Julian contrasts that with America, where products target solo drinkers, and pop culture normalizes the image of a person drinking alone with a bottle. And that's where she sees a possible inflection point. And it all comes down to how we act as the world reopens after the pandemic. People can keep downing bottle after bottle at home weeknights and weekends by themselves or throw dinner parties, meet co-workers for a drink after work. This way, if you do drink... You get a little social benefit along with that drink. Obviously, drinking too much alone or with friends is dangerous for your health. But this Atlantic piece gives you a little bit more to think about than how much you're drinking. You may want to ask yourself, who are you drinking with? Simone Biles did it again. Listen to the reaction at the U.S. Gymnastics Championships where she won her seventh U.S. title. That's more than any woman in history. USA Today pulled together some responses to her performance, including a super slow motion video of Biles. And listen, it's obviously very cool watching her in real time, but once you see it slowed down, you can really appreciate every flip, every turn, and just how mind-blowingly skilled she is. You know, I'm sort of reminded of The Matrix, but let me stop there. (laughs) Her floor skills are blowing everybody out of the water. She's so advanced that even though she went out of bounds four times in her routines, she still won. This win is one of the final steps on the way to the Olympics in Tokyo. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.